good morning. Good morning. You know, it's Friday, so, you know, I'm doing all kinds of radio talking today. I'm a professional talker. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk, the talk part. Uh, I just got off air with uh, um, the Criminal Justice Insider and wonderful Jeff and I had a Jeff Grant and I had a wonderful conversation with John Santa uh, around uh, the Malta Justice Initiative and all the work around reentry, the stuff that they started doing um, and spearheaded over in, in the state of Connecticut. So now I'm doing Love Babs Love Talk. And today my guest is Clarence Reynolds, the executive director um, of the Center for Black Literature at Medgar Evers College at Cooney. And so I, he's my guest today because the 14th National Black Writers Conference is coming up, Gathering at the Waters, Healing, Legacy, and Activism in Black Literature. So he's my guest today. Uh, the conference is coming up uh, March 22nd, 2018 through Sunday, March 25th, 2018. So it's just next week. So I'm excited to talk to him about the state of uh uh, black literature and, and books and writers and authors and all that kind of stuff. So without dragging this out, I'm going to raise him up and see if he's here. Hello, Mr. Reynolds. Oh, he's not. Because <laughs> oh, you know what? He called in earlier. He called in too early. <laughs> and so he's got to call back. Is this him now, Harry? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Reynolds. Oh, wait. <laughs> What's happening, Harry? <laughs> so anyway, if you're not familiar with the, uh... oh, he's there now. Yes, I was just about to call you back. <laughs> Hello, sir. I'll call back in five minutes. <laughs> I know. How are you? And thank Leah for the coordination of this effort because I'm so you excited know, thank to you talk so much to you. For having us, having I, me. Oh no, this is. You know what? I I in my day job, my other job, not day job, all that all my jobs are day jobs, whatever. In my other job, I run the inner city newspaper, which is the black newspaper here in New Haven, Connecticut. And so every year I have been running uh, the the conference. And I think we've been running because the the inner city is 26 years old. So we have been running the conference information from the very beginning. Oh, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Oh, Let me tell you. And I've never got to go to the conference. (laughs) Let me tell you that. So. Been, well, you can come this year. I I'm hope. trying, but I, I, you know, I might not make it this year. But definitely is on my my to do list. So, so this is the 14th National Black Writers Conference, and you've got some heavy hitters. But I think the thing that I find most compelling is the 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 theme of the conference: gathering at the waters, healing, legacy, yeah. and activism in Black literature. If that's not the blackest thing I've ever heard in a long time, I don't know what is. Because water is <laughs> well, well, thank you right? so much. Well, well the thing is, it's, it, this, it's an important issue, especially during this time. Our, this is a critical time yes. where a lot of our, um, a lot of uh, the issues that uh, we face, particularly as Black Americans face, uh, you know, we're facing some hard times, and particularly not with just poverty and not with just sexism and classism, but especially the, the way that our, the injustices in our, and uh, that's going toward our lives, you know. You have you know, young, young men and women who are being um, murdered and, 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 and their lives being taken away, and, uh, and no one's being held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to discuss those sorts of things, all those sorts of things, and then the ways in which, because those things damage us or they have greatly affect the way that we move throughout the world. So we wanted to discuss how, through literature and activism in literature, how those uh, issues can be addressed or are being addressed. Now, would you say, um, Clarence, that black writers have always 
um, been at the forefront of writing about and telling our community and the world about what is happening, not just to us and and uh, and for us and by us, but what is happening in general to to the people who are sort of I don't know marginalized, disenfranchised. I mean, do you do you do you still think that that is our legacy of black writing? Um, I don't think. So. I, I guess I would say yes, it is because we've always done it. You can go for as far back as some of the earlier black writers. You can go back as far as. Uh, James Baldwin, you can think about earlier Sonia Sanchez, Amiri Baraka, Audre Lorde, Jamaica Kincaid, Toni Morrison. They've used their imagination and they've used, they've used their imagination and their intellect to channel their, the hopefulness about black life, the anger, the love, the sadness, and all this they envelop in their narratives and, and how we can adjust to social changes or how they affect us in social changes. Mm-hmm. So do you so, think that, so, oh, that's I'm been sorry. going on for years. Do you think there's a, do you ever, do you, when you talk to writers, cause you must talk to writers all the time. I talk to writers all the time, but you talk to them on a much bigger scale. Cause you have to pull this conference together. Um, do you ever get the sense that writers feel like they'd like to not always be the vanguard for, social whatever change and and upheaval and um discourse do you do you ever feel do you ever get the sense in your conversations with writers that they feel like can we just you know be something other than the vanguard for for these issues um i don't get that sense from the the writers that i speak to because most of the writers that i speak to they're they're so adamant about Making sure that what they feel and what they see is is projected and and, and carried out, and and trans and transported to everyone else. So they don't. I don't know if they feel like they, um, for, for lack of better words, I don't feel like they think that they wish they weren't the vanguard because a lot of a lot of writers really take up the mantle, and a lot of them actually think that if it weren't for us, who else would it be? Who oh, else would okay. it be? Who else would take up for this? So a lot of writers actually do. Uh, Hold, withhold that, uh, hold up that uh, that mantle of wanting to challenge, champion um, black existence and and our imaginations and intellect and our livelihood in general. So, talk a little bit about the state of our black literary affairs. How are we doing? Are we reading books? Are we buying books? Who's how? How are oh, we sustaining? Goodness, yes, we're reading books and <laughs> buying books by the millions. I mean, you can look at some of the new writers that are some of the emerging, I wouldn't say emerging writers, but some of the, the new books that are coming out by writers. Uh, black, I mean, people in general are reading books by black authors, and they're not reading books um, just, you know, for the sake of uh, feeling like they need to know this. But, you know, there's tons, tons of books that just actually speak to individuals and to communities and there are lots of books that are being written and lots of books being published lots of books being read so do you feel like um authors are finally black authors are finally sort of feeling um some of the level of success that say other writers are starting to experience like you know oprah just embraced tiari jones's book american marriage right um Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a whole bunch of other writers out there who who, you know, I mean, of course, Queen Toni Morrison and, you know, those are the folks that we know. But, you know, when you talk about the emerging writers, do they feel like um, that there is a place for their success as well? 
Oh, yeah. I think that a lot of writers do think that there's a place for their success. They would like for that success to happen, and a lot of them don't give up on uh, achieving that success. But then uh, I think some writers do think about how do they measure success. Is success measured only in book sales or the fact that you've gotten something published and people are actually reading some, reading your work? Uh, but I do believe that writers are uh, – we're going to go back to your question. Yeah, I think a lot of writers are moving forward. So you're you're the executive director of the Center for Black Literature at Medgar Evers. I'm Everest. the director at the Center for Black Literature. The uh, director. Dr. Brenda Green is the executive director. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She's established the, uh, the Center for Black Literature back in 2003. Mm -hmm. And the first National Black Writers Conference took place in 1986, and that was held by, that was uh, coordinated by John Oliver Killens. And even back then, the theme of that particular, um, in March of 1986, that first National Black Writers Conference, the theme was then called The Social Responsibility of the Writer to the Community. And he had a esteemed group of writers such as Maya Angelou, yep. Tony K. Bambara, Claude Brown, John Henry Clark, Eugene Redmond, Sonia Sanchez, the late John Williams. I mean, there were a lot of people there. And then at that particular time, he wanted to ask, too, those writers, what is the responsibility of the black writer to the community? And, um, and he explored, he asked black writers to explore some of the serious questions that we were facing then, and some of the writers that we have at our conference now are doing the same thing. So tell me, Clarence, what constitutes black literature? Is it works only by black people, or can anybody write about black people or black experience or black <laughs> diaspora or anything and it becomes part of the black literature conversation. How does that, how do you determine that? How do you? I, I'm not a literary scholar, but in my estimation, in my thinking, uh, anyone can write about a black character. Any, any writer can include <laughs> a black character. But to make this authentic, I think that the writer has to, that, that character or the writer has to have some experience, some black American experience, mm -hmm. because their experiences are broad and complex. And it also has to, to give it some authenticity. I'm not saying that any writer can be a black, can, that any writer can write black literature, but I personally think that you have to be a black writer to write black literature. I, <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, I don't understand what else. I mean, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying? I no, I do really understand what you're saying. I, I do. And I, and I feel you. Although we've got writers now. I mean, we have people who are writing about the black experience who are not black. And I wonder what experience they're coming from then. Because if they're not, if they haven't lived a black experience, how authentic would that experience be if they're writing about it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, if they're mm -hmm. getting it secondhand from a, from, a, from a friend or something like that, or if, if their imagination, if it's fiction, that's one thing. But even then, you know, you have to embody, you have to really have this innate, this heartfelt experience of your own. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just my feeling. So, so this, the conference is coming up. And yes, uh, and you've got all you got not just panel discussions and roundtable discussions and author readings, but you've got film screenings and workshops and performances and um, so yes. how has the conference expanded? Um, because this looks very much more expansive than say two years ago or a year ago. <laughs> well, the, the, well, I think two years ago the conference still. At that time, when I when I arrived there, the work started working there. The conference still included a lot of films, panel discussions, works talk workshops where we have uh, authors come in and they will conduct lead workshops with 
people who are interested in having their work uh, critiqued and given some idea about how to go about uh, writing a book proposal or how to create a character in a novel, that sort of thing. Um, we've always had film. I mean, as far as I know, we've since I've been there, we've always had films. I'm excited about the films that we're showing this year. Uh, one of them is a film called... Uh, it's, it's a film on Lorraine Hansberry. Yes, yes, PBS. yes. And the and the and the uh, director is going to be there. Sighted eyes and feeling heart, right? She's going to be there for a talk back after the film. We're also showing Bad Sonia Sanchez, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a talk back with the director of that film as well. So, um, and expanded in terms of the author readings, we have Pulitzer Prize winning author Gregory Parlow, who's going to read this year. Uh, we've always had author readings there, but we have uh, Bernice McFadden is going to be in discussion with Donna Hill. We have uh, panel discussions on the state of black literature. So we've got a lot going on there. So um, so black literature means exactly what? Uh, not just the black <clears throat> experience, because there's all kinds of genre of books. And do you all, does the, uh, does the conference explore all manner of black literature? All men. Yes, we do. Yes, From we do. I mean, we gangster stuff We do explore all 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 genres of black of black writing. We do. We and, and, and not just African American authors, but we also include African authors. We include authors authors from the Af- from the African diaspora. We include authors from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. We uh, authors from South America. We've included on, in past conferences. We've had authors. I would say from the. Um, Hip hop generation. We've had them at the conference, and some of them will be some of the younger kids will be there this year as well. Mm-hmm. So and then na- we have, go ahead. I'm and sorry. we have those those books and those authors who actually have made some strong commitments or made some, uh, I would say, celebrated contributions to the to to the literary to the literature, literary canon as well. So now, do you feel? Uh, well, first of all, who comes to the conference? Do you have any sort of um, demographic statistical data that tells you what sort of people come and and the reasons why they come to the conference every year. Like, do you have people who come every year regardless of what the theme is or what you know? Mm-hmm. Well, who comes to the conference? It ranges. We have we. It's very intergenerational. For example, our first day is our what we what we call Community Day, and we have a youth literacy program. And during that day, we have uh, Wade and Cheryl Hudson who are the founders of Just Us Books. And they conduct a youth literacy program, and they have, they have bring in authors and illustrators. And these are for kids in elementary school, elementary and middle school. And they do a workshop, and they have readings, and they have activities, and they, have, they engage the kids about the importance of literature. So that's on Thursday. So that's a really good program. And then we have our elders writing program. We have an elders writing program in collaboration with um, Salem Presbyterian Church. And we have a group of ladies that work there. uh, And they come into the conference in the afternoon, and they will read from their memoirs, and they work on their writing projects. They actually have an anthology coming out. So they will read there. So it spans anywhere from elementary school kids to our elders who are, say, some of those ladies are in their 80s and 90s. So it's pretty broad. And, yes, we do have people who come every single year, and no matter what the theme is, because they just want to know. Some of them want to meet some of their favorite authors, such as Tanana Reeve Du, who's going to be there, and Colton Whitehead, who's going to be there this year. Yes, I see that. So you have people that will come just to see their favorite authors, and then you have people who want to come and just to – we have people who are just book lovers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sisters Uptown Bookstore 
and Harlem is our official bookseller, so they're going to be there. So people come just to purchase books and see authors and just be around other people who love literature and, and love reading and love what it does for our community. So talk a little bit about um, what what was the name of that bookstore you just named? Because I don't I don't know that bookstore. Is that a oh, new Sisters bookstore? Uptown Bookstore and Cultural Center. They're in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been our official book vendor for the last three conferences that we've held. Oh, yeah. I don't know them. Where are they exactly? The, um, their address, I, I, all I know, their address is on, <laughs> I think it's 150, I know it's like 157th and Amsterdam Avenue, or St. Nicholas, Amsterdam Avenue. Because I think black bookstores are, are, are well, do you, well, let me ask you, do you feel like black bookstores are enjoying some kind of renaissance? Do you feel like there's some new ones that just I opened in D.C.? I the Sisters Uptown Bookstore is the only bookstore in New York that I go to, a uh, uh, black bookstore that I'm aware of. Uh, but I do think that, I hope that some of them are enjoying some sort of renaissance. Uh, I know that there's other bookstores that are opening, and I think that, and I do hope that they're doing well in, in their endeavors, but I, I don't know of, I know a lot of them have closed as well. Mm-hmm. And do you feel but, uh, like um, uh, black authors are becoming much more accessible? Do you do you feel like oh, yes. there's some awareness yeah. around that? I think them? a lot of black authors are becoming much more accessible, be, only because they have other venues to to make themselves um, to make themselves more uh, present at, mm-hmm. and not not just the National Black Writers Conference, but then you have like the um, there's a the book club conference that takes place in Atlanta, and then other cities around the world around the country have various. Uh, book clubs and writing festivals and things like that. And most of them invite, um, and a lot of them do invite a lot of black authors. Mm-hmm. So when you're planning this conference, Clarence, what, what's the beginning? How do you start? Walk me through that process. <laughs> like, cause, uh, cause you got this coming. So I know you have to be thinking as soon as this is over, I got to go right into the Exactly. <laughs> we start planning, right. We start planning for the next one right after this one ends. As a matter of fact, we're probably already thinking about, we'll get some ideas from this conference of, from the feedback we get from the attendees and from the authors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get some ideas of, oh, you know, the next time you should have a panel about this or the next time you should do, I've already people have asked me, we've gotten emails where people have asked, oh, you should have a panel about, about black comics, you know, with the big thing with black oh. Panther. So, you know, those are all the sorts of things that we, we do get these ideas from. So we do start planning right after the next one and it's wow. about two years worth of planning to get up to the event really so oh goodness yeah that's a that's a that's a lot of planning and a lot, a lot of logistical of... kind of stuff is it always is it always going to be at medica evers i hope so mm-hmm. <laughs> yes it, is, it started at Medgar evers college so uh we've been holding up that uh tradition of keeping it there at Medgar evers college so what's the most provocative what's the most provocative thing that's going to be uh held at this conference this year? What do you think? Oh, I, I, I honestly can't say that there's gonna be one thing. I really can't because I'm excited about so many of the things that we're gonna be doing. It's not, I can't think of just one particular thing that's gonna be there. We, the films are gonna be great. I'm looking forward to a lot of the panel discussions that we're going to have. I, I really can't think of one particular thing. I just think that if someone comes on any day, you're going to get a, you're going to get a panel, you're going to watch some films, you're going to have some readings. Uh, we have a tribute and awards program that takes place on Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And then also we have, uh, on Saturday evening, we have our benefit. 
our benefit and fundraiser. So we do encourage people to come to that. I hope people will attend, and that way you get to mingle uh, with a lot of the authors and a lot of fellow book lovers. Mm-hmm. So when you plan this conference, do you put out a, a a shout out or a call to people to sort of submit whatever, and then you just sort of entertain and sift through folks and say, you know what, let me invite this person, let me do this, let me do that. Well, when we start planning this, uh, Dr. Green usually has she she's assembled a what she calls her her virtual. Um, conference group, people that she reached out to or people who will just reach out to her and say, you know, these, this was a good conference that you had and these are some of the things you might want to suggest for the next time. Or she, And she'll think about the theme of it. And then we'll sit down and we'll just iron out, we'll just start writing some things out and talking about, well, who fits with this panel. Or sometimes we're, we're not, we'll come up with a theme, of course, but then you'll come up with some of the panels that fall under that theme and then you'll think about some of the writers who write certain books that will f- that people need to know about or people would want to know about. So, so when you, do, do you know the, I, well, I'm sure you do know the history of the National Black Writers Conference and why it was sort of started? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, why it was sort of started, uh, John Albert Killens just basically wanted to just exp- open up a dialogue about the responsibility of writers and what writing does for our community and how important it is to, and the value of it. A lot of people, you know, you can go out and read a lot of authors, um, may not be black authors, but you read a lot of authors, and, and he just wanted to make sure that people are aware of the importance and the value of our black writers and what we bring to the, to the literary canon in America. So, and also the responsibility of our writers. Um, it was set up just to be a, to host a dialogue about writing and responsibility and literature and our roles in it and the value it plays in, in our lives daily. I mean, we can learn a lot from literature. I mean, literature encompasses our cultural history, our, uh, I'm sorry, our culture, our history, our politics. So all of that can be found in literature. So we, and he wanted to explore that and he wanted to share that with everybody and thought how important it was. Are you a writer, Clarence? Um, I planned to be when I, as I was growing up. <laughs> I have written. I'm not, I'm not a novelist, uh, but I do dabble. Uh, I do some journalist journalistic type writing but no I'm, I'm not a creative writer and how do you come to this work like I, like how do you come to this how do you how do you become uh the director of the center for black literature at Medgar Evers College <laughs> um I guess uh that's a kind of a long story I started off my, my me personally I started off reading when I was very young mm-hmm. and I've always loved literature my, uh, luckily, my mom and my aunts were big readers, and we've always, uh, they've always turned me on to books. And then through college, I was always interested in books. Uh, my f- first jobs were in, in magazines. But then the job that really, really got me interested in, uh, just specific, specifically with black literature, uh, I don't know if you recall a magazine called Black Issues Book Review. Yes! I started, wor- I started working there, and then I... Uh, and from there, after that magazine folded, I uh, continued some writing and editing and things like that. And then I volunteered. I began volunteering at the Center for Black Literature when I f- found out that they were looking for volunteers. And then I went from, uh, and this was maybe ten, within 10 years, I, I went from uh, starting as a volunteer and then working there part-time. And then an opp- you know, God blessed me with an opportunity, and I'm very thankful for it. That's a good story. 
That's a, Thank you. That's a good story. I think that's a good story that young people ought to hear. <laughs> oh, I encourage you. know, my brothers, my brothers tease me because uh, even now, well, not so much now, but my young, when my nieces and nephews were kids, and even my smaller cousins, you know, they would send you for Christmas. They always said, oh, we want this, and they give you some idea of what little gift they want, some toy or some item of clothing. And no matter what, I gave them books. I never gave my, I never gave any of them clothes or, or, or toys. I always, I always gave them books. And then when they got old enough, I, uh, and I said, well, they might not want the book that I'm going to give them. Then I started giving them um, Barnes and Noble gift cards. <laughs> that's that's a really good thing. Don't you think that's a oh, good yeah. thing? So, so what I are you? Them, I want them to appreciate uh, books the way that I've come to appreciate them. And that's and that's how you do it. You start them. You start them, and, they, and before they before they know it, they are they are book lovers, and and oh, they and, are. and they yeah. don't even know it. They didn't even know that you were planting those seeds. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, 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 to this day, they still read a lot. So you've so I'm, got I'm happy uh, about that. you've got prize winning author Bernice McFadden um, in conversation mm-hmm. with writer Donna Hill, which I think yep. is such a wonderful sort of um, uh, uh, opportunity to hear. Um, Bernice McFadden, who I believe she's a professor at Tulane, or where is she down? I, I, I know not, she's in I, I New Orleans she's somewhere. Or Xavier, one of those down in the yeah. South, but yeah. And uh, yeah, I follow I'm her sorry. on Facebook, so I'm a big fan of her and her work. So I find mm-hmm. this, and I think she was a New Yorker before she went to New Orleans. Yes, she was in Brooklyn. Yes, yes. So that's so she's happy. She told me she's happy to be coming to Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, and coming back and and having a conversation about. Uh, her latest novel, The Book of Harlan, which mm-hmm. uh, got the 2017 American Book Award and right. the uh, and the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Award, Literary right. Work. Well, uh, Bernice is uh, one of those writers who I've always enjoyed reading her work. And not only that, she's, she's a lovely person as well. So I'm happy to have her and Donna in conversation there. And uh, also they're going to be... Uh, just giving a, as you would say, they're going to give a shout out to one of our legendary writers, Miss Louise Merriweather. Yes. Uh, yeah, Louise, Mer- and she's going to be attending the conference. As a matter of fact. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, her, her 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 seminal book was Daddy Was a Number Runner. Yep. So yep. Miss yep. Louise Merriweather is going to be there, and and uh, so we're happy about having her there as well. So t- tell me a little bit about what's the most um, what's the most exciting thing about this conference, Clarence. The most exciting thing to me is the celebration of our of our literary of our literary of our literary of our literary. Oh, the word I'm using, looking for is about literary value and uh-huh. the, the fact that people just need to know that these are our contributions from a from a standpoint in which a lot of people may sometimes overlook. That's the value for me. Mm-hmm. That people come to the conference for a reason of being uplifted and being raised awareness about the uh, appreciation uh, the appreciation of black literature. That's the value for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got Dr. Merle Evers Williams as a as an honorary chair, which is which is quite fitting considering that um, the college is named after her um, her late husband. <laughs> husband. Yeah, she's our she's our honorary chair. This is either the second or the third time she's been the honorary chair at this at the conference. Unfortunately, she's unable to attend. Uh, 
but uh, we're happy, very happy to have her as our honorary chair. Mm-hmm. So you've got um, you've got Colson Whitehead, you've got Kwame mm-hmm. Dawes, uh, David Le- Levering Lewis, Susan Taylor, mm-hmm. um, which is very always very nice to see her anywhere. She's so um, empowering and inspiring. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Tanner Ive Du. Tanana Reeve Du. Tanner, yes. Tanner Reeve Du. Who's a fantastic uh, author of, uh, of, of speculative fiction. And uh, she and her husband, Stephen Barnes, both are going to be there. Yeah. Yes. And Eugene B. Redman, and, who is. Uh, and Eugene Redman, a cultural historian. Yes. Eugene, uh, yeah. He was also the poet laureate of St. Louis. So a lot of people didn't know that. So he'll yeah, be there. See, too. that's the thing. You come to these things, you find out about these things, and then you learn. All these sort of wonderful things about people that you that doesn't get sort of media attention in a way that you know, say, other poet laureates might get, mm-hmm. you know, in in their respective cities and towns. So, so that's a wonderful thing. So, you know, because you would people would walk around thinking that none of us are ever poet laureates. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's quite a and few. We have a new, and, and the new. Uh, National Poet Laureate, who, uh, Tracy Smith, who also was a, an instructor at Meg Rivers College. Wow. See, look at that. That's a wonderful yeah. sort of thing. That's a wonderful thing. So um, so talk, talk to me a little bit about the presentation of conference papers. So you've got a piece here, <laughs> The Influence of the Slave Narrative, um, African-American Literature Past and Present. So what, what is that? Talk a little bit about that if you can. Okay, well, well, what we did was we, put out, we sent out a call for papers based around the theme of the conference, and we let some of the call ask for people to either write about the theme, Gathering Up the Waters, or they could, they could submit a proposal based on one of the works or the work or the life of one of the honorees. And so uh, we received quite a few of the proposals, um, and then we have a vetting uh, <clears throat> system, a vetting system where once the proposals are all, have all been uh, received, we send them out to our colleagues at the uh, College of Language Association, and then they read through them, and then they send us back the ones that they think best fit this conference theme, and they come up with the title of the, of the conference theme. And so the, these scholars from all over will come over, will come to the conference and present their papers. Wow. Unfortunately, I don't have them right in front of me to remember all of them. But one young man is even coming in all the way from France. So, so I'm really happy. You know, we've had we've had people present their papers coming in from Sweden last year. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're wide reaching. It's not just in New York City. It's not just the East Coast. We're national and international as well. And then we've also had some people from the uh, Caribbean come in. And uh, but I think this is a wonderful opportunity for them to sort of. Um, be in the company of other people of color to present mm-hmm. their papers because I, I would bet that they present their papers in places that are not um, places of color. Mm-hmm. I, that I'm not aware, I'm not sure of, and you're probably right. But the good thing about it is the one thing I do know about this is that some of the people in the past that have presented their papers have gone on to publish and publish their papers in literary scholar, literary and scholarly journals, and some have even used those as the thesis for, for, for writing a book. And I don't know, I can't remember which ones may have been actually published. I know some of them are still working on their books. Mm-hmm. But that's always good, too, for those, for those people, for those literary scholars to come to the conference. 
And then so I'm I'm interested in the roundtable conversation, the Black Arts Movement, a foundation for literature of resistance and activism. And so uh, talk a little bit about that, Clarence, if you could, about what that what that is about and what that will look like. And well, what that's going to look like, we have several the panelists on that con- on that on that particular uh, panel are are panelists who who. Uh, are well known. When you talk about black activism, that's going to be. I I, I don't have it in front. of me. I have it in front of me. Sonia Sanchez. That, exactly. Well, right there. There you go. Right there. Yes. We're talking about black she activism. She could just be there all by herself, you got right? Sonia Sanchez, right there. Michael Samanga. Michael Samanga. And Greg Carr. And Greg Carr, who's from Howard University. Yes. Yeah. So these, if you, these young, these people, these panelists, these esteemed panelists are going to focus on the foundation of black literature and, and literary activism, how it started, why it started, why, it's, why, why was it important then and why it's important now. Yes. Okay. So, so this, is not, this is not just, you know, fun kind of, I mean, it's fun, but this is real thought-provoking uh, oh, goodness, yeah. kinds of things. Like, you, you're really going to hear something when you sit in, in the in the in the in the space with all these wonderful people talking about um, activism and black arts movement and that kind of thing in a way that you probably won't get anywhere else. Exactly. And you probably won't. And and that's and that's one of the that's one of the goals of the conference, to to stimulate um, the attendees and also to keep everyone abreast of what's going on. You you also want to uh, encourage them to think about what this does now and how, and when you understand the history of some, some things like such, such about, I'm sorry, when you understand the history of things such as um, literary activism, if you understand the history of it, then you can apply that to the future of it. And that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful uh, aim to have to make. And so you've got a piece on Saturday, March 24th. This is the third day of the conference, Living in a State of Grace, The Art of Healing, a Film Anthology. Which, uh, which I, I, I love the, the t- I just love the way the title is. You know, I already feel <laughs> well, some kind of way just by saying it, right? Yes. Well, I, I can't take credit for the title. We do the, we, we're, in, uh, we're co-producers of this literary, of the um, film series, along with African Voices Real Sisters. And that's headed up by Carolyn Butts, mm-hmm. who's also the editor and founder of African Voices Magazine. And she she runs the Real Sisters Film Festival. So Carolyn, we give her the theme and we give her some ideas, and she and I have talked a few times about what she was looking for, and she, she selects the films. She and her, her team selects the films, and they figure these are films that best represent the theme, and these are films that are not also informative, but these films are also entertaining. So there's uh, Holding History, the collections of Charles Ed's Bloxon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a 16-minute documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, tells the story of a uh, black study scholar and author Charles Bloxon's lifelong journey to unearth and preserve the history and culture and contributions of people of African descent. Um, there's a trailer that you can see on YouTube. There's another film called Charco, which was produced and directed by um, Francesca Andre. And uh, it's a film about... Have you seen these films, Clarence? Have you seen all yes, of them? Yes, I have. I've seen all four of them. Okay. All right. So t- what, do, what do you make <laughs> of them? And I like all four of them You very like much. all the of Charles them? The Charles O. Bloxon uh, film I thought was really, really uh, 
informative because I'd heard of Mr. Bloxon. I've known about him for a while, and I've not been able to go down to Temple University to visit his library, uh, the center, the museum that they have there of, of, of him. But the film will uh, showcase his life, how he became uh, interested in literature, and it's, I'm not going to give it away, but it's sort of the same sort of path that a lot of writers will take uh, and people who are interested in black literature and black art. And then it just talks about how he went about collecting his books and artifacts. And it's just, it's just so, it's so uplifting. It's so encouraging. And I hope a lot of young people come to see that film. Uh, the other film that I thought was pretty good, Charcoal was really good, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to talk about the films too much because I'll give it away. But they're really, really good and stimulating films. And and why they call us colored, which which I'd be interested in seeing that too, <laughs> right? You wait till you see it. You wait till you see it. <laughs> this is gonna make my hair fall out. <laughs> no, it's not gonna make. You are like, woo! That's why they call us colored. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I no, got it's really good. now. I got to go Vimeo and see the trailer because I now I got this. I got this, and then Black Enough. Um, yeah, Black Enough is really a strong film, and I'm, it's one of the last ones, but it's a very strong film. And I think it's something that a lot of people, a lot of young people sometimes g- grapple with, mm-hmm. you know, especially in today's society where uh, some people feel like, you know, you may have to uh, compromise yourself or some part of yourself to fit in. And this and, is, and this particular film is a, a queer oddball seeks approval from black peers despite serious lack of hip hop credentials in a family that quote unquote talks white. <laughs> <laughs> You got to see it. I'm not going to give it away, but you've got to see it. It's very good. So, Clarence, when you put this stuff together, because um, I, it, uh, it's not lost on me that um, this particular conference, like, I don't see, like, music or singing or dancing or whatever. I see film and literary sort of. Do you sort of um, um, switch it up in terms of, like, maybe next year we talk about the influence of lyrical content on african-american consciousness i mean some old thing like that or do you you know how dance and literature go hand in hand like how how do you design and pair things well the the first thing is there is a dance performance at this particular conference it's going to take place and we will have music at the end of the uh the closing program is with cornelius the poet cornelius Edie, who's going to be reading poetry to music. So, okay, I see So that. we do have music, and we also have music at the receptions. But there, um, that's a good idea you gave me about the, um, <laughs> how, does, how does black lyrics fit into black literature? Maybe that's, maybe that's something we can think about for the next, a panel for the next conference. <laughs> well, I, I, I aim to please. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> I am quite concerned, though, about the state of publishing for black writers. And, and you have a whole panel discussion about that uh, because, you know, you know, Clarence, you hear on the one hand that people will say out there, Miles, black people don't read. But you know that we do read because we're the ones that are keeping the publishing industry going with the amount of books that we buy um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from our and authors are- and other people's authors. Right. And that's something that's going to be discussed on that panel. So I'm very excited about having those panelists there. And. Um, we usually um, we usually have that panel on the last day because it's always one of the most attended panels. That's something that people are always interested in. They're always interested. In, so what's you know after you've talked about all of this stuff that black writers and black books, 
So what's in the future? What is the current state of it? And the panelists on that particular uh, discussion will talk about that. Mm-hmm. And they'll talk about it in terms of, uh, we've, we've covered it sometimes in terms of uh, the digital, digital publishing. People never know about digital publishing or, or, uh, or, or e-books. e-books and all that sort yes. of thing. So they're going to talk about the um, moderated by Linda Duggins, who's a publicist at Hachette Book Group. They're going to talk about the state of black publishing, where it is today, and what we're looking at today in mm-hmm. black books. And you know, and, and with and with the with blogging and now podcasts, exactly. And you know, um, how do people sort of get their how do they get their work out there, and how do they get paid? To, you know, for the work that they do, um, how do they get recognized for the work that they do? Um, and everybody is sort of grappling about how I don't I don't know if there's really one successful way to do it. I think people sort of do it. Writers have to do it um, in ways that make sense to them. And so maybe coming to a, this panel discussion would help them flesh out um, um, their uh, how to move their literary their, their careers forward. Their questions that they may have. Sure. And after each of the panel discussions that we have, we do have a question and answer session. So so. If there's something that that did not come up in during the discussion and something that or peak to you to peak the person to want to ask a question, you have that opportunity. And you, I see you have Troy Johnson from um, the African American Literature Book Club. Folks, yes, right? Troy is going to be there. Yes, uh, I see. Gonna I hosting, see him. He's going to be hosting along with Paul Coates, the founder of uh, Black Classic Press. They're going to be doing a workshop on self-publishing. So mm-hmm. that's going to be helpful too. And I see you've got because some... a lot of people do decide they want to take the self-publishing route. And and you know, have you found? I found Clarence that self-publishing is no longer just vanity publishing. That people no, not at all are really using self-publishing as um, a marketing tool, as a, a way to get their books out on their own terms. Um, and and I see a lot of good self-published books that look amazing, that are mm-hmm. well done. I think people are really. Uh, committed to putting the best possible product out there. You know, a few years ago, and you know this, Clarence, you saw a self-publishing book, you're like, ooh. <laughs> exactly. But a now, self-published book looked like a self-published book. Yes, but now you could put it on, the, you know, people are really stepping up their game, and I think um, businesses have stepped up offering opportunities for self-publishers to sort of create a much more polished and professional product. In ways mm-hmm. that I don't think was that existed ten years ago, fifteen years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so it's good. I, I'm I'm excited about this. I'm glad I got to talk to you. Uh, because well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I enjoyed the conversation. It's one of my favorite things to look forward to. I love running it in the inner city. I know people from New Haven. Uh, uh, go up, my girlfriend Ife uh, uh, Gardine just moved back from Brooklyn to New mm-hmm. Haven. And uh, and so she spends she she is an artist, uh, an artist uh, person that likes to spend time with artists and work and 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 literature. So ah, so it's good to sort of um, have people from New Haven go to New York and participate in this wonderful conference. Glad to have people from New Haven come to visit to to the conference. Well, thank you, Clarence, and uh, good luck on this conference. I know it'll be oh, spectacular. Thank you so much, uh, Miss Roz I- Ivy, <laughs> and I really appreciate you having me on your program. And uh, please, uh, if you, and for people who want to know more information about the conference, yes. you can visit our website, which is www.centerforblackliterature.org. And Center for Black Literature is all one word. 
They can go to our website, find out more about the conference. It'll be upda- it's updated daily or every other day with new events. Uh, all the authors and participants' bios are there, and some more information about the program, how to register. All that's on our website. And I have it up because we're we're Facebook Live. So I have Fantastic. the uh, I have your um, your flyer up, gathering at the waters. So it's up there with all the folks on it and the email and all that stuff. So so yes, great. Yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was my pleasure to talk to you, and I hope I get to talk to you again. Thank you so much, and all the best. Thank you. Have a lovely all day. Right. <laughs> thank you. Be well. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Oh, that was wonderful talking to Clarence Reynolds, the director of uh, the Center for Black Literature at Medgar Evans College. Uh, Gathering at the Waters, Healing Legacy and Activism, uh, Black Literature. So uh, the conference starts uh, March 22nd um, through March 25th at Medgar Evers College, Cooney, New York, Brooklyn. So if you're interested in going, go to their website, register, go and uh, immerse yourself in uh, black literature and, and everything that is about black literature. So I'm out. I'll be back. Stay tuned for Pundits, and I'll see you all soon. Okay, Harry, we need some music. Some music. I don't know where Harry is. I guess we got to play some music some kind of way. Oh, Harry, music. <laughs> Do something. Ah, it's been a great Friday, and uh, I'm out. So here we go.